and welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360. Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. It's a high of 14 degrees here in Toronto today. Um, how you doing, man? You good? How's I'm good. Weekend? It was good, man. Um, just having a chill weekend. Until Nick Nurse decided to dial the heat up, you know, pregame against Philadelphia, mm. which I'm sure we're going to get to. We it's actually just through, going yeah. to be the entirety of today's show. But, you know, if we talk about Bryce McGowan's at any point today, it means that we have run out of topics. Um, <laughs> Bryce McGowan's is a safe word now. On <laughs> Bryce the McGowan's okay. is definitely the safe word. Congrats to anybody. I saw some Raptors fans in the audience yesterday on the broadcast. Yeah. Um, congrats on scoring those dollar tickets. To, to watch Fred Van Fleet set a career-high, franchise-high 20 assists. Mm. So, Raptors. I mean, that's, that's worth a dollar. It is definitely worth uh, a single dollar. Yeah. But, yeah, Raptors split their weekend games. Uh, another embarrassing loss on Friday, TBH. That was a tough one. 77% rounding up Here's um, the thing. in I, the first half of the Sixers. I, so, I, I wrote a uh, just I wrote a five things kind of takeaway for that game. Mm. and Oh, you got your login to your email? No, I actually, I, I didn't. I okay. actually had to email it from my personal email with a, a Google Docs link <laughs> instead of going through their usual channels. I'll get this fixed. But um, I, so I wrote about that Sixers game, and obviously that second quarter was a disaster. Like the Raptors, second half defensively only gave up 40 points. In that second quarter, they gave up like 47. And going through the numbers of that one was truly wild because um, first off, the Sixers shot 18 of 21 in that quarter. And then when you broke it down, you realize that two of the times where the Sixers missed, they got the offensive rebound and then scored. So I don't consider those stops. That's not three missed shots. That's, yeah, I mean, technically it's three missed shots, but they scored on, um, you know, the putback on two of those. The, only, the first actual honest to goodness, the other team shoots it, misses it, and the Raptors get the rebound, constituting a stop, um, was Joel Embiid with six seconds left in the half. So you tell me they had a perfect quarter, basically, he, on offense. They literally pitched a perfect quarter on offense. They had that, which was with six seconds left. Joel Embiid faded away and missed it, and it was just short. Um, and then they had committed one turnover. So the Raptors got two total stops that entire quarter. Now, of course, the Raptors were able to come back, and they were able to make it a game. They have got it down to two points relatively early, but they just could never, ever get over the top. And, of course, you know that's where we can have discussions about, like, you know, Fred and Pascal looked, you know, not good in the Sixers game. And then, of course, they looked great in the, the Hornets game. Um, I did also see a lot of conversations about, like, well, these guys can't play well against good teams. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I seem to remember the last time Pascal played the Sixers. He had, like, 38 points, but okay. Um, you know, my, my point is, though, like, that obviously that was the missing element. Like, you know, I, you can really break down all the other stuff. I think Scotty was phenomenal in that game. I thought OG played his role beautifully in that game. Yeah, you know, Yak did his his thing. Um, you know, e- even Nick, who's obviously we're gonna talk about Nick. We got Michael Grange coming on in the second half of the of the show, so we'll we'll get his um, inside scoop on the situation. Um, but to me, it was just like you you just needed more offensively, and I never thought that Pascal really had a, a rhythm or a flow in sort of how he played in that Sixers game. And I thought that Fred played a good first half, but second half it was quite empty. And then of course he had those three straight turnovers. So that game was unfortunate. Fortunately, you got to play the Hornets, which, you know, um, 1 p.m. on a Sunday. Mm. The Raptors uh, made sure to get that game done uh, and over with before uh, the uh, the women's final in the NCAA tournament. So we all got to watch that, which was ex- excellent, by the way. I, I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah, it was a great game. Um, and you got to watch Mavericks, Hawks, 
after as well. And, and the yeah. Hawks squeezed out a, an overtime victory to, to remain in eighth. Yeah, I, I'd never seen a, a guy foul on a dribble handoff for the game winner, but that's what I saw. <laughs> this entire playing race just needs it's to terrible. end. The Raptors did clinch a play-in spot this weekend. That's correct. So, Do we have balloons in the studio or something? We can release streamers? No, there's no, no celebrating okay. for this. Gotcha, gotcha, so gotcha. they're locked into the play-in, and now only thing remaining is seeding. They are playing the Hornets again tomorrow, and the Hawks are playing the Bulls tomorrow. Okay, so good, unless, good, good. unless those two teams figure out a way to tie a game, which I'm not going to put it out of the realm of possibility, the Raptors, if they take care of business in Charlotte once again, yeah. will be able to gain a game on one of those teams. So, huh. That's a well. That's, either that's one will be useful because Chicago is kind of nipping at the Raptors' heels. Thankfully, mm-hmm. the Raptors at the tiebreaker against Chicago. Yeah. So I think you would prefer the Bulls win tomorrow. Bulls yes, win. Yeah. Raptors win. I think the Raptors will still probably have to get at least one in Boston to to really get that eighth. They'll spot. be in a really good shape if they get one in yeah. Boston. And listen, the eighth is so important. We've talked about this over and over again. Eighth mm-hmm. spot gives you two chances, whereas the nine ten you have to win two in a row. And I'm sorry, I don't trust this team to win two in a row in a playing tournament right now. No, that's fair. That's fair because the Charlotte Hornets are not in the playing tournament. But, um, yeah, I mean, my hope is that Boston is just like their positioning is fairly locked. Right now I'm looking at it. They're two games back in Milwaukee. Milwaukee with a huge win over Philadelphia last night, by the way. Mm, it's impressive. Just, just really dominating. Impressive. Them. But uh, they're two games back in Milwaukee, and then they are three games up on Philly. So they're pretty secure. Like most, most likely they're in the two spot. And I'm hoping that by the time that second game around comes, like this Friday, when the Raptors play the Celtics for the second time, I'm really hoping that they have nothing to play for in that game and we got a heavy dose of... Um, heavy dose of uh, Luke- Payne Pritchard, who's already beaten us this season? Uh, yeah, Is that right. what you want? You're yeah. right, you're right. So You're right, well... You know, the Raps just got to play well. You know, it's, I mean, they it's are the playing, final week of the season. They just, are playing better. Like, come on. Like, <sighs> we're just going to let let that first half against the Sixers go? No, we're not going to let it go. That was really terrible. But that's like the level of... You're not going to see that level of competition in the play-in, but that's fair. you also cannot afford to have a half like that yeah. in, in a must-win game, and I don't I don't trust them right now. They've been trying to tell us all season to not trust them. So no, that's fair. You're right. I'm going to listen to them. Uh, Fred, by the way, like you mentioned, like we mentioned, had the career high. So he's got the single game record in both points and assists uh, in, in Raptors history mm-hmm. and, and per stats Williams of, of ESPN. Okay. The only, All right, the Tim only, Bontes. the only other player to have a franchise's single game record in points and assists is your uh, favorite player, Wilt Chamberlain. Really? Of the Sixers. Well, I guess no one else had a hundred points though. <laughs> so no we, one else had a hundred points. We only on have, we only have 4k footage of Fred setting these records and not Wilt. We don't even have 1k. Yeah. And by the way, Per John Hollinger, um, Uh we were talking about the Hawks. So the Hawks, with the win yesterday, 39 and 39. They have scored 9,209 points this season and allowed 9,210 points. They're 24 and 24 against the East and 15 and 15 against the West. Mm. And they have been within one game of 500 for 72 consecutive days. The Hawks should get some kind of team award for this. Oh, yeah. Just for being this mid. Yeah, no, this is like, you can't actually get statistically more mid than where they are but, right now. But the funniest thing related to the Raptors is the Raptors still haven't been able to catch them. Well, that's the issue. The Raptors have been under 500 since like the start of December. <sighs> so how are you going to be better than a mid-team when they're obviously going to be at 500? Like, by the way, if the Hawks lost last night, that would have been the first time in like three months mm-hmm. that w- they would have been more than one game, one game plus or yeah. minus of 500. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Because again, the, the forces sort of pulled them back together and they were able to sort of 
secure it. Also, I mean, I can't believe it. Like, last night on the Banter Pod, I'm literally recording with you on one screen, and I have the Sports Not Now you know, app open on the other screen, and mm. I'm just watching JaVale McGee at the foul line for the fate of the Mavericks, and more importantly, the fate of the Raptors <laughs> in, the, in, in the play-in scenario. And I'm thinking, like, this season, as you said, this season should not come down to me watching JaVale McGee shoot a free throw for the game mm. uh, in, 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 in April. But it has. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's the situation, you know? Yeah, this season should not come down to, is Peyton Pritchard going to start on, on Friday? And this season shouldn't come down to checking if Thanasis is in the starting lineup on Sunday in the final. I'm just going to go ahead and say Thanasis is going to be in the starting lineup. <laughs> well, Sunday. unless he headbutts somebody, because he had, does have to serve a one-game suspension, which I believe he served yesterday. Um, oh, wow. Not that anyone would have noticed, to be honest. So, <laughs> so when you serve the suspension, are you not allowed to be on the bench even? Yeah, you're just not dressed, I guess. So the only difference for the Nassus yesterday was he wasn't dressed. Okay. Fair. Maybe, he, well, he might have wore his Bucks uniform at home, at least. You yeah, know? he probably did. Uh, anyways, yeah. I think that's about it from the weekend before before we get to the, yeah, the I mean, entree. The, the 20 assists was cool, I thought. Um, just, yep. some, just some quick numbers because you know, oh, okay, I promised sure. you a little propaganda. Yeah, let's do it. Here. Yeah, let's do it. All right. You, all the people accusing me of Fred propaganda, here it is, okay? Mm. So 20 assists from last night um, created 43 points for okay. the team. Yep. Um, to be honest... With the Raptors not being able to hit threes in general, mm. um, you know, that's not bad. Although yeah. typically against, 20 assists... Against assist, the Hornets B squad, though. Yeah, for sure. 20 assists nowadays would typically get you more than 43 ass- uh, points. But again, the Raptors can't hit threes. <laughs> the Raptors is two two points at a time. Yeah, it's always <laughs> two, two points, points at, at a time. time. Just keep grinding yeah. away. <laughs> There's also the stat here of, of potential assists, which um, <laughs> basically means you pass to somebody who then shot it <laughs> This afterwards. is where I got to draw the line, all yeah, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to call people nerds, but like... But potential assists, literally, you tell me that's just how many times they pass the ball. No, a to a person the, who would score. Yeah, in a scoring position. It's not a stat, man. Okay, well, he did have twenty six potential. You're assists. You're not stat. You're not stats, Williams. If you're using that, is all I'm saying. Nah, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, it was, it was, <laughs> and and w- did he stay in the game at the end to get the record? Of course he did. Oh, did he make eye contact with Pascal in that last pass, being like, "Yo, yeah. yo, go there." Well, you noticed a, a lot of his assists towards the end were to Pascal. Pascal was, but they knew what was going on. Listen, I'm happy with but, Fred. But listen, I'm happy that, with Fred. that's that's how it goes. Yo, get your twenty, man. That's how it goes. Get so. your thirty this summer. Yeah. 30? 30 mil. Yeah. Isn't that where he's he's asking for? All right. Save that pod for July. I mean, this helps in his case for 30 mil, <laughs> I, I suppose. Yeah. But no, yeah, but yeah. Fred's been, uh, you know, he played, obviously, he passed the ball beautifully in that game. And yes. So, um, Great game. I'm expecting the, the Hornets to adjust. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell me one adjustment. <laughs> like, are we really, well, are we really doing this? Well, they did bring their big up a lot against Fred. And so That's maybe enough. maybe they'll, they'll play more drop coverage. Yeah, which big? Kai Jones? Kai jo- watching Kai Jones play yesterday was a... He's very athletic, but I also just don't know what he's doing <laughs> yeah, most he will, times. He will also travel every three plays. Yeah, the, um, also saw, interesting, by the he way. colored his hair the same color as like the Hornets franchise yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, color. And I'm, very I'm thinking, similar to James Johnson in Toronto. And similar to Marcus Smart who colored his right. hair green. I think right. every player in the new CBA, there should be a designated player who like has to color their hair. You don't want to see Joe Wieskamp, Wheezy in purple hair? That, you know, that'd be kind yeah. of funny, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'd play Joe Wieskamp if he dyed his hair purple. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'd play Joe Wieskamp if they're not trying to go two points at a time. Um, <laughs> I guess so. All right, Nick Nurse. Here, you can tee this up. Mm. So Thursday, so last week, we were in here on Friday because on Thursday... Uh, Toronto Stars Doug Smith wrote a story about the ongoing rumors of Nick Nurse being linked to the Houston Rockets after this season. Mm-hmm. And we had talked a little bit about this on Friday. And then before Friday's game, um, this is where Nick um, was at the podium, right? And you can 
tee the rest of it up. Okay. You know what? Here's the thing. Yeah. I've actually started a new Google Doc. Oh, okay. That is just the Nick files. Oh, goodness. Okay. So I'm really tracking a lot of this de- this detail. Okay. Um, He's under FBI investigation by you right no, now. No, I'm, tra- I'm, I'm monitoring the, uh, the unblocked situation. <laughs> the nurse right situation. Yeah. Um, so the, the the timeline of this is Sunday night, last Sunday. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, not like this yesterday, like a week know, ago. A week ago. Yeah. Eight days ago. Um, the heavy report, or heavy.com report comes out. Heavy.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Steve uh, Bullpit. That was on Sunday. Monday, the Raptors had availability at practice. Mm-hmm. You can go watch it on YouTube. Nobody in the thing asked, hey, there's a report out of Boston that, uh, you know, Ime Udoka might become the next Raptors head coach. That might mean that you're moving on. What do you have to say about this, right? Mm. No questions about that. Tuesday, the Raptors played against the Miami Heat. They So typical, um, you have pregame and you have postgame. Um, nobody asked in pregame. Nobody asked in postgame. Again, you can go watch the videos of this. Right, nobody asked. Wednesday, the Raptors on an off day, so there was no availabilities. Thursday, there was availability. I went there, delivered some coffee beans to Bobby Webster <laughs> that he left behind at the live event. Um, shouts to Mark Savell. Mm. And then we had the press conference with Nick Nurse. No questions about mm. his job at all. Um, that day, that's when, as you mentioned, Doug Smith put out the report that Nick is on his way to Houston. And that you made okay might come to Toronto. Mm. Okay, again, just kind of confirming the whole idea. Friday they're on the road, so obviously you know we're not with them, right? We're here right now. We're not on the road trip. Friday pregame, he was asked a question um, that you know sparked the response that I think most people have heard by now. But I do think it's important to hear what the question was because I, when I watched the clips of it, um, you know that didn't include the question. So I actually want to run the clip first and foremost of the question that elicited this response from Nick Nurse. Um, you know, there was a point early on that you kind of didn't even know who was going to be on the team close to trade deadline, yeah. going in a lot of different directions. Uh-huh. Where's your head at right now, like heading into the cups of the, uh, the postseason? Okay, so that's the question. But And by the way, long-time listeners of the Raptors show, you, you understand that that's the GOAT, Keith Pompey. Yeah. All right, we had him on the studio. He was sitting right here. Not Jason and, Jackson, but the real GOAT. Okay, yeah, yeah definitely. But mm-hmm. like in like a, what was he wearing again? Like a sweatsuit? Yeah, he was in a Jordan sweatsuit yeah. with some J's. Yeah, looking fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the question from Keith Pompey. The question was not, and it's pretty clear to outline this. The question was not, there's reports about you moving on. Do you have the comment on this? Or you know what I mean? Like it wasn't a direct question about his job status. It wasn't a question about the job of his of his future here in Toronto, period. It was a question about what is the direction of this roster and, and sort of like how is the season gone? Where, where's your head at, right? This is uh, Nick's response to that. It was a question, where's my head at? Uh, so my head is, um, here's what I would say, probably, probably two things. Like, uh, first of all, um, I think when this season gets done, um, you know, we'll evaluate everything and and even personally like I'm gonna take a few weeks to to see where I'm at you know like you said where's my head at and just see how the relationship with the organization is and everything it's been 10 years for me now which is a pretty good run um and I don't know over those 10 years I we got to be up there with some number of wins for with anybody in the league I don't I don't even know where that is but we've had a lot of good seasons um, and then, 
right now my head is to get this and make this as long a season as possible. This this team needs playoff experience, right? So um, that is where I'm at right now. And I think um, since February 1, we got the third best rest, best record in the league, which isn't too bad. I think we got a top five defense, which is what we're where we're trying to get to, um, playing some pretty good basketball. So finish out these six, see where we land, see if we can't creep up a spot or two in the standings, right? And then um, give them hell in the playoffs and see if we can see if we can get in a, a, a real series and, and um, take it from there. Okay. So I think the response is definitely very open, very honest. But again, like you have to understand the prompt for this was not What's your response to your future in Toronto? He brought it himself towards yeah. that direction. And then, of course, he was very honest about the whole thing. Um, obviously, he could have downplayed it. He could have done whatever. Clearly, he, this does not downplay, right? He wanted to say these things. Exactly. Yeah. He wanted to say these things. And then there was a follow-up question that was asked, not by Keith, but by another reporter, because it was kind of like, wait, hold on. Are you, are you just confirming that you're leaving? Because it kind of gives out that vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Like. You know what I mean? Like, and so this was his uh, response to the follow-up question. You, for whatever the reason, you might not be back next year. No, I, I think that I'm concentrated on this this job for sure, and this game, essentially. But I think that I think ten years is a good time to sit back and reflect a little bit, right? So I think that's where we're going. We'll do that all when the season ends. Okay, so he talked once again about the ten years thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. There, there was certainly that vibe given off. Um, but, of course, he's saying, look, listen, I'm a professional. I'm focused on this game, right? <laughs> right after making those first comments, okay. Yeah. And and so, again, this is the timeline, right? Report came on Sunday. Nobody's, nobody asked Monday. No, yeah. Nobody asked Tuesday. Uh, there was no availability Wednesday. Nobody asked Thursday. Friday, someone finally um, asked a question um, that's not related to this. He brings it forward. Then someone asks follow-up just based on like, wait, hold up. Do you just tell us you're leaving? And he gives out that answer, which again is, you know, you can interpret it whichever way you want. But of course, I think, you know, which way he's sort of leaning. And then after no availability um, on Saturday, because there was uh, the post game on Sunday, no one was asking about that. Everyone was asking about, hey, the game, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Again, you can watch the videos on YouTube. Saturday, there's no availability. And then Sunday, pregame, at probably 11.30 a.m., because it was a, it was a weird time. Yeah, as I was at the dentist. Yeah. Um, friend of the program, Lindsey Dunn, was on hand to uh, to ask Nick to follow up mm. about these comments, and and this is that clip. I'm, gonna, I'm not. That's exactly why I made it was to not have to ask, ask answer that question every game because I got it about three games in a row. So let's move on and talk about tonight and this team and this season, please. Yeah, just for people who didn't hear it, um, you know, Nick clearly just said that he's been asked about this three times. Yeah, yeah. And that he he basically shut down the questioning for, for the rest of the season. It's something mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to talk about anymore. Mm. Yeah. So so you're saying he wasn't asked three times, first of all. First of all. don't make no sense. He definitely was not asked three times. Because, again, <laughs> we, we've gone through this. And, again, this is all publicly available. You can go through all of this. Yeah. Right? Nobody here in the local market was like, hey, put you on the spot because that's difficult again put yourself in that scenario where it's like mm-hmm. there's reports about your job and then someone asks you on camera where everyone can see you on the record what is your status on that job mm-hmm. nobody did that to him no even now going through the friday and 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 the and the sunday yeah Lindsay's question was really the first time that he was asked directly 
yes. about his future. After, you know, he, uh, brought after he brought it up. Voluntarily. Right? Yeah. So I just don't understand why he would bring mm-hmm. it up and then shut it down. Does that make any sense to you? No, and it, it, it goes back to, do you remember there was a point early in the season, there was, a, there was an availability after practice when there was a lot of questions about the effort of this team. Yep. Right? And the questions were coming from the different reporters in the scrum, and after five minutes, Nick basically shut down the questions because he had been answering the same question over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, if that was the scenario in this case, I understand. I probably still don't agree with it for him to just shut down the questioning when it's a story that's out there, when he's talked about on Friday. But like you were mentioned, like he wasn't not asked about this over and over again. He yes. had brought this situation up on Friday and, made it, and made, it a, made it a public story. So it was only normal for Lindsay to, to follow up and ask that question. Yeah. So I, I, didn't, I didn't think he needed to shut it down. Mm-hmm. It, well, first of all, I didn't think he needed to invite it. Like, because my feelings on this is like... Yeah. What was your initial reaction hearing that on Friday? There's like the hu- there's the human aspect and then there's the job aspect. On a human level, being honest about things, I respect mm. just universally. Okay, and you know what? If it is after ten years and you feel like it's ready to move on, you know, on a human level, I get that. Okay, on a professional level, when you are the head coach of the franchise, you are not just like, hey, I'm Nick Nurse, the person. You that's part of the job. You you carry forward an image. Or you have to sort of portray that image, especially when you're trying to say that to your players. And, and, and you represent the organization. You really do. No one gets interviewed more than the head coach of any sort of you know, uh, professional sporting team. Okay. So in, within that context, when you publicly, you know, leave that very open and, again, use phrasing over and over again about the 10 years and, and sort of keep that future situation open. I just don't see the specific reason or or the need to do that. How did that benefit the Raptors? Like the Raptors were gearing up to play the Sixers that night. And whatever, it's just a press conference. He's always got to do a 15-minute press conference before every game. How did that, putting that message out there and making that the, the story, making that uh, big news on ESPN, making that, you know, something that Tim Bontemps wrote about and that Woj retweeted and so the whole entire NBA news, uh, world got to hear about this, wasn't the biggest story in basketball this weekend at all, Right. Um, but still, it was it was out there to a substantial degree. How did that benefit the Raptors? Yeah, I think the timing of it. This was something that I think could have been said at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, you know whether you got through the play in or you know you played the first round. I think I'm most curious to for me is him um, setting the using the ten ten years. Yeah, tacking on the extra five years of him as an assistant. Right, of course. To to me, that just. That, that to me just like really struck me as him like soft launching his exit from here. Because when you're talking about reflecting and you start reflecting on a longer timeline beyond that just when, when you've been the head coach the last five years, like, mm-hmm. to me that speaks volumes about where you're at. And it's, it's pretty eye-opening for, for a head coach uh, a week out from the play-in to say yeah. that you got reva- to evaluate your relationship with the organization. And, and the front, exactly. And that's the part of the, the relationship with the front office. When when did that became a conversation? Yeah. Right? Like was that was that a bigger conversation? Yeah. Did anyone ask you about that? He brought forward all these points. Yeah. And again, the coach and, and and the players to a lesser degree, but especially the coach, they really do dictate a lot of sort of what's gonna be said. Mm. If Nick didn't say that, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have brought up anything from the pregame availability from Philly. And nobody would have wrote about it. It wouldn't be on ESPN. Woj wouldn't be retweeting that thing. Right? What so you set the tone and you and you set a lot of the conversation, especially when you say something like this. Mm-hmm. And again, is that what we need to be talking about right now? Yeah. Why is the biggest story with the Raptors right now is, is Nick Nurse going to stay? Like, I'm sorry, the biggest story should be about how they finish the season 
and the performance on the court. Does this improve that up. at all? You luck it up. You yeah. luck it up. Um, Again, that's part of the job. No, I think, yeah, I think the biggest conversation right now should be how are you going to defend um, Bryce McGowan's right? and Kai Jones tomorrow? <laughs> I, I, um, need, I need to hear the Bryce McGowan's no, adjustments, man. I think the other I thing... I can adjust against Teo Malino, no, who had 14 assists last night. Listen, I don't, I don't mind yeah. having, you know, Nick bringing these uncomfortable conversations to the public. I do. I, think, I, I no, do. No, 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 I do. Okay. You, you can okay, go through okay. sources. Okay, you can You disagree. can go okay. through a lot of different ways. You can just go keep we, it in-house. It's not like they don't talk. We, we can disagree on that, but yeah. I think I think what we agree on is like once you invite those conversations, then you have to be willing to just have them or just answer a question. Yeah. Answer a question that you're being being asked on Sunday from from a local reporter who's who's covering the team day to day. Yep. Who's there to to do her job and ask ask the question. Ask yeah. the only storyline that anybody was talking about going into yesterday's game. Yep. All I wanted was an answer yesterday. Even an answer and then to shut down. Yeah. The conversation would have been fine. And right? especially not to just toss in a lie like, "Oh, I've been asked <laughs> about this three games in a row." Like, you haven't. Yeah, so Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think the I think this is just going to be a this is going to be the conversation now mm-hmm. for for the rest of the this week and whenever the season ends. Yep. And there's just been so much chatter now coming out the last couple of weeks about Nick to Houston um, and Nick's future that this is just going to be a continuing storyline. Yeah. Well, that's so. why on the other side of the break we'll get Michael Grange on the line and we'll get some details on you know the stuff that Nick was curious about the relationship with the front office the the future of the team and sort of where this all started. So. uh I've been your host, Willu, and you've been listening to The Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. And uh, on the other side, we will continue this conversation in regards to current Raptors head coach, Nick Nurse. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1 866 531 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Everything you need to know about the Blue Jays. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wim Liu. I continue to be joined by producer and co-host, Alex Wong. Uh, we will be joined on the line shortly by... Michael Grange, teammate here at Sportsnet. Why? Well, sincerely hope did not listen to the banter pod because uh, there was some Grange content in there. But uh, yeah, it was good Grange content. Yeah, shouts to Grange. Yeah, we have uh, David Thorpe on the program tomorrow, really? making his return. We just set this whole thing up, huh? Setting up I, what? I feel like Thorpe. You know, just like he was one of the first. Uh, in, in the national media to be like, hey, I think Scotty Barnes is like, this, you know, either the best or the second best player in this draft. I think I, he, I think he had him second behind mm. Evan as a prospect. Uh, but, of course, at that time, there was much more question about it. Um, I, I do seem to remember that Thorpe created quite the stir in, I don't say February, mm. around that time, sort of putting out the idea that Nick might be, might no longer be coaching the Raptors moving <sighs> forward. Well... Yeah, I think it's just a normal conversation too, man. Coaches, coaches run their course. I don't think even yeah. think this is a referendum on whether Nick is a good coach. No, it's just whether I, he's I a think good he's co- unquestionably a, a whether good coach, he's the right but... coach for this team moving forward. Those yeah. are two different questions. Yeah, and so we will pose that question to Michael Grange, among others. Uh, Grange, you there? Yeah, I'm here, guys. How are you guys doing? 
Doing well, Grange. Hey, listen, before we start, I actually wanted to play this clip because I was just like, you know, scootering my way to, to OMP. And uh, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast with Ryan Rossello. And uh, they they sort of chimed in on this uh, Nick commentary as well. So we have that clip here. You know, right? this Nick Nurse thing, which we didn't even talk about. Uh, super weird. I've never heard so many whispers in so many different corners for everybody being like, yeah, he's out of here. It's um, been going on all season. It's, it's going uh, on all season. Now we have yeah. a team. There's already a team that he might be going to. It's like, yeah, he's going to Houston. He is? How can he go to Houston? Houston's getting rid of literally everybody that works for them at the end of the season. So is somebody coming in to hire him? I don't know what to believe, but it does seem like he's out. But if I could. Yeah. Um, so, Grange, let's let's start with a little bit of that. I guess like when they described it sort of as like they've been hearing this sort of conversation is sort of in the background and that it's been going on all year. So I, I wanted to hear from you. Like, when did you first hear about this potential split? Uh, I guess the first I heard that, uh, you know, it, it was uh, getting to that point was probably a few weeks ago, and I'd been kind of asking around. I asked some people directly mm-hmm. and uh, kind of got some, you know, didn't get a lot of insight and sort of let it sit for a little bit. Um and, you know, but that's the kind of the, the one layer. And then the other layer is, um, you know, had there been tension, had there been, um, you know, just the kind of relationships within the team, um, that kind of stuff. I've been kicking around quite a bit. And mm-hmm. I think, I think there's, you know, it's not really that mysterious. If you look at December and January in particular, you know, the way things are going and, you know, there's, there was references, you know, if you when you now you look back and they were fairly kind of obvious, you know, you'd see some of the comments Nick himself would make at times and how trying things were, um, you know, some of the stuff we've heard Fred say at times, Pascal say at times, um, you know, there's been, you know, uh, so and around the, as the trade deadline stuff was gaining momentum, you know, I wrote something then that, um, you know, as the direction of the team was kind of pretty uncertain or seem to be uncertain, um, you know, that could have a trickle down effect on, uh, the coaching situation, uh, reported that Nick was heading into the last year of his deal. Um, were things to be, um, you know, heading in towards a rebuild that would definitely sort of be something that, that, uh, Nick would probably not be all that enthusiastic about. And, you know, so that's, I guess what I heard new and, you know, and I think when, when Doug put his report out on Thursday, you know, there's a big difference between kind of hearing things and, and nodding as you hear them. And then, you know, when something is, goes in print or so to speak print, then, uh, then it, you know, there's something to kind of really reference things and measure things against. And, and that's, uh, that got us to, to Friday. Mm, right. Um, yeah. So I, I got, let's, let's maybe think about this. Uh, from the perspective of like, look, uh, as you mentioned, as you first reported that uh, Nick was entering the last year of his deal, that's paying him eight million dollars annually. That's like, uh, I would say the upper end of coaching. Like, there's probably coaches that get paid more. I'm sure Spolster or you know Popovich or Kerr might make in that range. But certainly, it's you know eight per year is pretty good for a coach. And and of course, he'd be got, in the top quarter at, at least. Yeah, and and I think it's to be clear that the Raptors gave him this contract. They ripped up his old one after he won the championship. And gave him the bump, and rightfully so, because he had won Coach of the Year and also won a championship. I mean, how much more can yeah. a coach really do? Yeah, he. I mean, I mean, yeah, just 
for the background of that, yeah, I mean, he was hired as an assistant, never coached in Bay team. I think he was on about three millions for three million for three years, mm-hmm. and then it was after the 1920 season. And as you point out, got a title and you got an all-time team winning percentage and a coach of the year. And then uh, and he got uh, three years, 24 to 27 in that range. Mm-hmm. And that was an extension that you know they didn't have to do it, but uh, you know, there was a good reason for them to do it. Um, so yeah, that, that's how that all came about. Right. So, you know, obviously that was done in in good faith and clearly the relationship was right. strong when you decide to give somebody, you know, a, a huge raise like that and deservedly so, again. Um, but, of course, you come into the situation where very few coaches like to operate in an expiring deal and that's what would have happened. And so you would get to a scenario this offseason, whether it's obviously probably not now. Obviously now they should be deciding on how they're going to guard the Hornets for tomorrow and how they're going to guard the Celtics later on the week. But, like, you do get to a point in the offseason where you have to decide, okay, do you have this extension talk with Nick? And I, I guess I'm wondering, like, do you feel like the organization wants to move forward with Nick or sort of like that maybe that extension talk breakdown and therefore Nick is looking at other stuff? Because, again, like for a lot of people, and myself included, it is kind of shocking, right? I think two weeks ago, none of us were really even having a long conversation about Nick's future other than just like smaller complaints about game planning and this and that. That's normal. But this seems to have really come on strong here. Yeah, I think – there's so much to kind of unpack there, or, sure. you know, and um, and I, I would say this. I think once the trade line, trade line came and went and they kind of opted to add versus sell, um, a lot of the questions about the immediate future really settled into the background. And, you know, it really was a push to the playoffs. There was a purpose. Uh, there was some, you know, some momentum towards towards it, right? I mean, the team's certainly been better since the All Star break, mm-hmm. and so that's why a lot of this stuff just kind of went on the simmer. Um, I would say, no matter how this season ended, if it ended, you know, if it ends, if it ended in the play-in or or you know after the first round or whatever it might be, you know, short of them like a miracle run to the conference finals or something, um, you know, the first or second question of Messiah Jury slash Bobby Webster slash Nick Nurse at the postseason availability, whatever that would be, would be what's going on with the coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that would have been referencing all kinds of stuff that we just talked about. So, um, and I think what makes this kind of unusual is, you know, just the way Nick chose to handle it on Friday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think that really, I mean, I think it got the organization for a loop. It got the NBA for a loop. And it was really, I don't want to say, you know, kind of a, it's not for me to say it was a miscalculation, but it was, it seemed like, you know, unless you really, depending on what you're trying to get out of that, it seemed like the least advisable way to handle that whole situation. Um before that or prior to that, would there have been a change uh, with Nick as head coach? I would have bet more likely he wasn't coming back than not. Hmm. Um, and that would probably be um, almost like a 50-50. <laughs> you know, like sure. I think Nick kind of looking at the environment and going, you know, is this really the best way for me if I am going to sign a long-term extension, providing one was offered, is this the best way for me to – you know, spend the next probably, you know, the prime of my coaching career. Is this, is this the place, the organization, you know, 
that kind of thing. And you could make a case that it might not be um, for all kinds of reasons. The on the organization side, <laughs> right? Like, you know, you've got a guy who's you've had for ten years, who's been your head coach for ten years, and five years. it hasn't been a great. Pardon me. Sorry, five years. Yeah. Paul, pardon me. Um, it hasn't been a great season. Uh, I think there have been questions internally about you know the stuff that you and Alex and everyone else talks about all the time. You know, uh, you know, scheme, system, personnel, use of personnel. Like none of this stuff is is like rocket science, and. You know, and I think they could easily conclude at that point that you know what, maybe maybe this has run its course, and and it is time for something different. Um, I just think that the way this has gone down the last few days has made that way and made it way less likely that any of those conversations could have ended with, um, you know what, let's 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 double down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're you know we just had a bump. This is going to be great. You're great. And let's let's go for it. Like I, it's going to be hard for me to imagine that happening. No, that's completely fair. Um, and again, like as you mentioned, this wasn't necessarily the most advisable way to go about it. Um, you know, one of the things Nick was sort of, you know, when he was openly pondering about the ten years and and sort of all the things that went on, he he, he made a point to talk about well, evaluate sort of like where we stand with the the front office, right? And um, I thought that was a little bit interesting. What do you think Nick's relationship is with the front office? Uh, that that was like that was if any if you're gonna parse all of the things he said yeah. that was the one that really jumped off the page for me and, okay. and just a little background on the, how that all went down Friday the the person who asked that question there was no local like any of the local guys who covered the team who typically travels the team didn't make that trip to Philly mm. um, for various reasons so the the and and the person who asked that question who kind of got all this ball all the ball rolling was Keith Pompey, who covers the Sixers, yep. who I'm pretty sure has been on your show a few times. Yep. Um, does a great job. And, you know, and he asked a very broad question. It was, you know, where's your head at? It's been a kind of topsy-turvy season. Mm-hmm. Along those lines. Yeah, standard and question. Yeah. <laughs> very, pretty standard. Yep. And and I asked Keith, I, I, you know, I've known him for a long time, and so I reached out to him the other day, and I said, listen, did you ask that as a way to ease into this subject? And he said, no. <laughs> he had no idea right. that Doug that Doug had that story was out there. Like it because it, uh, you know, he was just literally asking uh, the broadest Toronto Raptors question he could think of. Yeah, uh, based on a kind of a season that's been pretty weird. Mm-hmm. And and so Nick, you know, took the opportunity to to really un, uncork a pack, you know a can of worms. Yep. And um, so to answer your question, <laughs> um, you know, I think from my understanding, there's definitely been some tension, some tense moments this year. I don't know if I would categorize them as all that different as things that happened in other years. Sure. I think the losing exacerbates everything. Mm-hmm. These relationships are often pretty stressful. Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of it being a kind of diplomatic deep freeze that's not anything i've heard of or observed um I, with my own eyes you see bobby and nick talking at the other end of practice you see Masai when he's there doing yep. the same thing i know the relationship between this front office and next representation is very good mm-hmm. um it's there in regular communications um you know i think i don't so and kind of that vein i think the way nick kind of phrased that and 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 
you know, I think that caught a lot of people off guard. So I don't think, so, which is to say, you know, the short answer is here. I think there's, the relationship is not rosy just mm-hmm. because it's been a tough year, but, you know, was it to the point where, you know, it should be, the, this is the kind of stuff we're talking about all the time. Like that's, I think that caught some people off guard. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I think the other question is in regards to the players. This is so much a player's league as well, right? I do, I'm curious in terms of like, what's Nick's relationship like with the key players on the team? Scotty, OG, Pascal, Fred. Um, what's his relationship with those kind of guys? Because again, like that's something you have to factor in if you're considering a coaching change. You know, I think, again, I would go to, you know, I think he's he has respect of, guys who are pretty serious about basketball because no matter what you think of him, you know, as a, as your boss, he knows what he's doing, right? Like he's, you know, I think that's, that's the number one thing. So for him to, you know, the idea that, uh, you know, he's not respected or appreciated for, you know, his ability to manage game and, and come up with a game plan and the rest of that, that's, I don't think that's an issue. I think, you know, just talking to some people around this, you know, I think you know, they've seen Nick kind of really kind of ramp it up the last little bit. Playoffs are approaching, games are getting bigger, and he's kind of got the sort of playoff Nick coming. Mm. So I think that's been going on. But I think bigger picture, have there been, you know, moments or, you know, is is everything the way it could be? <laughs> I don't think so. I think there is something to... Um, you know, this, you know, this relationship kind of being a long one and this, this group having been through a lot and, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not going to speak specific to to any single player, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I think if there were a change, you know, I don't think, you know, it it could, uh, it could be, I wouldn't say it's definitely welcome, but I don't think people would be like, Oh no, what's what now? You know okay. what I mean? Like, I, I just right. don't want to overstate things because it's probably not my place exactly. But, um, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, it, it, it could be time for a change might be the simplest way to put it. No, that's fair. That's fair. No, I just want to know that, like, the front, the, the, the locker room is not going to completely break apart and riot if, if Nick leaves. And I, I definitely don't get the sense that that's going to no, happen. I don't think so. And, you know, I would say in fairness, as much as, you know, people in my position and, you know, like you want to sort of run with a theory or an observation yeah. or whatever it might be. Um, you know, if you look at the first half of that Philly game, yep, they're quitting on Nick. <laughs> this is over. Sure. They somehow yeah. they heard that press conference and they've all said this is the excuse they were looking for. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then you look at the second half and they're like, you know, they look like they could, you know, a team yeah. that could go to the finals. Oh, I guess that's, well, forget what I thought the first half. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. you know, but it was, I mean, I think there was some concerns when Ellis was down over the weekend that, you know, the timing of him wanting to go down this road and this even being a topic is you never know what a group of players is going to take as an excuse or a reason to kind of not be their best, right? Yeah, you just exactly. don't. And so you don't want any of those variables. But, um, you know, I think... Uh, you know, I think that was the biggest concern kind of within the organization as this one happened over the weekend was, you know, why now and what's the impact going to be? And mm-hmm. um, I think we can see through three out of four halves <laughs> that, that the impact doesn't seem to be all that significant. These guys are pros and they're going to do their job. Yeah, no, no, fair. Um, 
I have two more questions about this. Uh, number one is just how does this affect Team Canada, right? Because the, the, so much of the Canadian national team program is sort of tethered to Nick being there, and, and there's so much talk about sort of the commitment through the three years, and, and you're getting through the World Cup, and then you're going to the qualifiers, and and then put obviously the end goal is to get to the Olympics. Um, so much of that is built around Nick, right? He's the he's the, the guy who pitched a lot of this kind of stuff. So how does this impact Team Canada if he's no longer coaching the Raptors? My understanding is he's uh, contracted through to Paris 2024. Okay. And that's independent of his relationship with the Raptors. Okay. So, you know, these kind of scenarios have been discussed, uh, not recently as it relates to what's happened this weekend. But, you know, when the relationship began, it was like, you know, there's this is your Team Canada job, irrespective or regardless of of what you're you're doing for the other 10 months of the year. So I, it shouldn't affect uh, Team Canada. All right. Oh. Well, I, I mean, look, listen, I, I do know that they obviously use the Scotiabank Arena and, and they use yeah, well, OVO. It could and be weird. I'm not you, saying... People are going to run into each other, you know? <laughs> I'm not saying there's not the potential for some weirdness. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. But, fair. Uh, you know, but, but I mean, that one thing, that thing I said about the NBA is... As much as stuff can kind of seem pretty emotional in the time, and yeah. if people like yourself and me um, seem loom really, really large, you know what happens over and over again is these guys get get huge checks. They're going to keep getting huge checks, and after a little bit of you know, once everyone lands on the feet and the dust settles, it's like a business continues. Yeah, no, <laughs> like that's it, fair. Yeah, you know, it's it's we keep kind of projecting our own. Uh, our own relationship uh, issues onto uh, professional people, and they don't—they don't see the world the same way we do. Trust me. You're right. You're right. There's no hard business. There's no hard feelings when when we're talking about eight million dollar per year contracts, if not more. Yeah. And then I guess the last question is like, okay, so we've heard that Ima Yudoka name tied to Toronto. I, I'm curious if you heard that, and also, but it's, it's not just gonna be one guy, right? There's got to be other guys considered. So I'm curious if there's any other potential considerations as to who might replace Nick if he were to move on. Yeah, I mean, Ime is definitely out there, um, you know, for the reasons. I mean, he almost got the job the first time around. Uh, there is, you know, a longstanding relationship with Masai, um, and he's a pretty obvious candidate for any head coach job. Sure, okay. Um, I would say he would be among probably somewhere around five candidates who would get consideration. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, I think just knowing how Masai's done these things in the past, like he really takes these opportunities to dig deep. And, you know, it's it's like you might be hiring for this time around, but you might be looking to interview interview somebody you want to hire three or four years down the road. Right. And you don't get these opportunities to kind of really, you know, spend six, eight hours interviewing with somebody all that often. So you take it when you can get it. Um, in terms of other considerations, I think internally, I'm sure, you know, Adrian, Adrian Griffin's probably going to get some consideration. I wouldn't be surprised Sergio Scariola gets some consideration. Mm. Um, you know, and then, you know, I haven't really sat down and looked at who might be out there, what kind of shortlist there might be. But, um, you know, I think it's a job that a lot of people would be in a rush to try and get. Like, uh, you know, it is a pretty good team. And, you know, you, one thing you do when you talk to people around the league, as I, you know, as I do, you know, this organization for all the flaws we like to pick at here and there, like it's, it's considered in the league, just like premier, you know what I mean? It's, uh, right. 
the way they scout, the way they travel, the way they uh, treat employees, the way they pay, you know, all that stuff. It's, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like a, a destination type job. Hmm. So, you know, I don't think it, they'll have much problem, um, you know, getting getting a really good candidate. No, that's fair. And, and you, you know, with Messiah too, like, um, you could hear some candidates come out of nowhere too because I remember last time there was so much talk about Sarunas Yasekevicic. Um, yeah, and, no, that's, and what, that's a good. That's another really good name. Yeah, right, right. And um, you know, I think he moved on to Barcelona. I'm not really sure where he's coaching right now, but still very high levels in Europe. And I think, yeah, I mean, you just can't put it past him. Like, you know, he will find the right candidate if the right candidate were to be needed to be found. Because again, like, you know, lost in this whole conversation, Nick does have one more year on a contract. But uh, I guess we're just kind of talking about it as if, uh, and, and him also kind of talking about it as if, um, you know, it, it might split. But. Uh, yeah, Grange, appreciate you. Um, oh, actually, yeah, I, yeah sorry. Super quick last thing because we only got a minute left. Um, sure. Do you think the Raptors, because he has that one contract, one year left in the contract, do you think the Raptors could get a pick for him if he were to move to Houston, for example? No, I'd be pretty surprised. Damn. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I tried. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, man. See you guys. I appreciate yeah, you. Do I, have, do I have 20 seconds? Yeah, of course. Go ahead, man. What's I just, just want to say a quick recognition for Greg Francis who uh, was a former national team player, uh, really important coach in Canadian basketball, who passed away on Sunday. And uh, he uh, you know, was a person who was very, very important to me in terms of somebody who really kind of helped me understand the, the game and the grassroots scene. And, and he was a really tra- came along at a really transitional point in the whole basketball culture that we've seen unfold here in the past 20 years. And uh, just an just a absolute prince of a person mm. and to all the people who are lucky enough to be, uh, you know, coach, coach with them against them, play for him, play with them. You know, my condolences. And I, I just got to know him in a very you know small way, but he was a very, very special person. And, you know, my, my best to his family. That's really well said, Michael Grange of Sportsnet. Uh, appreciate you for your time and your insight. All right. See you guys. Thank you. Okay. Well, um, that does it for us today. I've been your host, Willow, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe, but please rate and review the show. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks once again to Michael Grange, our producer and co-host, Alex Wong, board producer, Derek Brandale, and Danielle Gauthier for filling in for Jennifer Olnick on the YouTube stream. We'll talk to you tomorrow.